0: Hello, everyone. Today is Tuesday, February the 10th. I'm
1: Chris Dickens from Marshall
2: University. The I'm Jeff Zayas from California, And I'm Robert
1: Taylor in New Orleans, Louisiana.
3: Hey,
0: everyone. I'm Duke Carrico. And on this edition of Tech and & Coffee's Android Journal, we'll talk S6 Rumors. Hey, the Google Genius Bar, and what about net neutrality? Sounds great, but is it? Hey, all this apps, hardware, and more. Hello, everyone. Hola. Hola. Hey, Chris Jenkins, long time no see. How you doing, bud?
1: I am just glad to see you guys. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, I can't complain here, man. Uh, Jeff, he's out there in sunny Napa, California. I'm sure he can gripe one or two.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, and when I do my little app, you'll see how sunny it is. Uh, But, hey, Chris, thanks so much for filling in for Bruce Turner, who can't make it tonight.
1: It's my pleasure, my pleasure.
2: Yeah, I
3: understand Bruce has got a big hangout going public uh, this evening, so he's otherwise incapacitated.
0: (laughs) For uh, all the regulars, you know, Bruce, he... uh, Uh, He works for a Christian Healthcare ministry And uh, it's been a great week For Bruce, first of all he got a new laptop That he's pretty excited about But second of all they're doing a big uh, Town hall and he's doing it With XSplit, and he's been Anticipating this for two weeks So go Bruce Yeah I'd say Bruce has More viewers than we do right now
1: All the luck to Bruce Because he may need us with all those viewers Absolutely. Hey, guys,
0: let's talk Android. Last week, I gave a little hint that we would probably talk some S6 rumors this week. I've resisted. You know, rumors have been leaking for three weeks now on Samsung's new flagship device. But, guys, I've resisted because we're still a ways off from Mobile World Congress, I think, three weeks now. But I... Thought, well, you know, it's time. The leaks are happening. A lot of people starting to talk about them. So here's what we know, guys. And here again, these are all rumors. This thing is probably, here's here's the big news. We're going to have two models. One of them is going to be the S6. The other one is going to be just like the Note. It's going to have that edge on it. Uh, what we're looking at here is Super Amelok. LED screen, hey, it's going to run on Samsung's 64-bit octa-core Xenius 7420 processor, 3 gigs of RAM, uh, 32 gigs of memory, Uh, supposedly TouchWiz is going to be very, very reeled in on this device we can only hope and of course it will be sporting android 5.0 lollipop hey jeff i know that you've been in the market for a new phone so when you saw this did you think hey maybe maybe this is my replacement
2: no not yet, anyways. I breathe new life into my Razer Max, and I'm going to keep it for a little longer. But, you know, um, for me, it's all about the camera and the speed of the processor, you know, how fast it's going to react. And it looks like the camera will be able to do 4K, perhaps, which is kind of cool. So that might, you know, edge it up. Um, I don't care about the edge as much as probably I should. Uh, you yeah, know, we'll see we'll have to see it touch it feel it play with it you know touch it again touch it one more time and then touch it the third time
0: so uh you know a lot of times uh chris i'll ask you this question a lot of times we uh you know we look at these flagship devices and and i know at this point this is all just rumor at this point uh but when we look at these flagship devices do do at this point, do they make you want to upgrade, or are you pretty content with the last year's flagship?
1: Tell you what. Um, I have done a no-no. I went from a Nexus to another flagship phone and start here. I went to the Moto X 2014. Let me tell you, I have had... Okay. Okay. I've had kind of a good experience with, with, uh, Motorola, uh, their customer service it's hit and miss. Um, but the phone itself is just flawless. You know, you have everything from, you know, moto migrates to the moto app itself. I'm not going anywhere until there's a moto X 2015. All right.
0: Hey Rob, what do you think about this device, man? Do you think, you know, Samsung has suffered, When it comes to earnings the last few quarters, is uh, this their uh, their Jesus phone?
3: I don't think they have a Jesus phone. I think what they need to do is cull the crop a little bit, like we discussed weeks and months ago, kind of back up, get rid of some of the fluff and the ridiculousness. And I got to be honest with you, I think the edge is kind of one of those ridiculous things. I don't think it's really been that big of a deal. So why are you coming out with this now on the Samsung, you know, Galaxy S6? I I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand that 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 part of it. Um, it, it. It certainly is not their savior phone. Will people buy it? Certainly. Are they going to be happy to see that TouchWiz has been pared down? Well, I've heard that for the last two years in a row. Oh, TouchWiz is pared down, pared down, pared down. <laughs> Um, but they still complain about twist Nothing is going to be exactly like a Nexus device unless you buy a Nexus device. But, you know, it's when their additions get in the way, that's where the problem is. And they've got a pretty long way to go, uh, even even being pared down now, to, to get back to, you know, not being in the way.
2: It would be interesting to know what their sales are, are like with the edge, if it's, uh, if, it's, you know, if it's doing well or not, or they're just trying to push it down people's throats, you know? Because if, they're, if it's the latter, then they haven't learned any of their lessons.
3: You well, know? I went to go look to see if I could see numbers on the note, note 4 versus note 4 with edge. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find any specific sales numbers. Now, granted, I didn't look super hard. I just happened to – I was kind of blown away that the Edge was included on in the S6. And so I'm like, why? And then I went to look to see if the – you know, there was was there some astronomical sales number out there that says that, hey, we should do this to all of our phones?
1: I don't know. Um, what I do know is that uh, my friend was in the market for a new phone, and he was trying to decide between the, the Nexus 6 – And the Note 4. And throughout all my sales pitchmanship, he got the Note 4. Very disappointing.
0: He got the what?
1: The Note 4.
0: Okay. Uh, Hey, Robert. Maybe uh, maybe we can Google it after a while and, and make sure i'm thinking that uh the note edge while it hasn't set the world on fire it's kind of been offered as a limited device with a very high price tag but they've been selling what they've been making okay Mm -hmm. so uh you know at this time it's one of those deals where you know samsung comes up with an idea they throw it out there and see if it sticks to the wall or not and uh uh, I, I think it's a good idea, but I don't know if it's a functional idea at this point.
3: Okay, and I'll buy that, but the argument is, is if we know that Samsung is suffering financially because they throw so many things at the wall, how about focusing in on what does work rather than continuing to throw something at the wall that... I'm not sure it works. I don't. I don't see anybody screaming and hollering. It's a great idea.
1: Reinforce the glue that's already there. Don't throw more glue at the wall and hope the glue sticks. Yeah,
2: they. they it right. could be. They, it could be as simple as they have excess inventory and they have to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, all the of the of of something, and you know, they have. They're going to put it on this other line of foams because they have so much of the you know material left or the whatever the process is. Who knows? But I'm Uh, with Robert, man. I wouldn't get it. All right. Hey, guys.
0: Did you see this week where Google is taking a page from Apple's playbook, and they're actually going to offer a Genius Bar-like experience virtually online. And this will give them a chance to share with potential customers some of the strengths and advantages of the Nexus line, the Nexus 6, the Nexus 9, Chromebooks. Uh, personally, I think this is a genius idea, and they should have done it. Uh, no pun intended, by the way. They should have done this a long time ago, guys. I've always said that Google lacks very much in the the customer service experience the hands on and i i just i don't think this can come soon enough rob what do you think man
3: well you know the amazon fire jumped out there and put the you know instant help button on their fire tablets right and i mean considering how quick that went and and just people talk about that all the time when i they show me their fire tablets and they're like, oh, if I ever have a question, I just click here, boom, and instantaneous. So I, will I think it will I think it be popular with users? Yes I do. I, I do think it will be popular with users. But I question how effectively is that going that support going to be across all the multitude of Android
2: devices? It's not tech support, it's sales, pre-sales. So that's a different that's a different ball of wax.
3: Well, I I understand that, but if somebody is, you know, asking for help on trying to decide between the Note 4 and the Nexus 6, you know, how effective of information are you going to get there? You know, it's you not what like saying the Fire
2: HDX, you know, thing. Well, yeah, well that's a good point. How do how do I? Go ahead,
0: I'm sorry, Duke. I was just gonna say that that is a good point, Robert. I mean, uh, you know, uh, what does that say for Google Search? I mean, if you got if you got a question about an Nexus device, shouldn't you be able to Google it and get the answer? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. You have people out there like me that are fully supporting Google products. You know the Nexus Five, the Nexus Six, the Nexus Nine, the Nexus Seven, and really that's that's their only hype machine. You know my name's Chris Jenkins. I'm from a small town in Huntington, West Virginia. H- how much of a of a hype can can I build? You know, like but sure she- there's there's thousands of people, ten thousands of people, 100,000 of people that, that like the Nexus devices, but how much hype can that generate?
2: But this is not the same as an Apple Genius Bar; it is not even close. Well, no, it is, no, you can't book it. You won't be able to say, "Hey, I want to do an appointment and show me how to use my phone," or "set to help me set this up," or do any of that. That's not what this is. I, if it was that, that'd be great. But right now, it's just we're thinking. I'm thinking about getting a Chromebook. What's the difference of a Chromebook and a Dell?
1: You know, and they actually uh, have a eight five five number for this now. All the Nexus devices do. Um, I've had to call them quite a few times because of uh, Google product-related issues, and they were really bad at first, but after a few, maybe a couple years, they've gotten a heck of a lot better than they used to be, that's for sure. But uh, hopefully this uh, Google customer service can kind ex- of you go know, in the right direction on where it's going now. That'd be great. Um,
2: again, it's not Google customer service. It's yeah, I'm, just saying, sales.
1: I'm I'm just saying, like, you know, where I was coming from, you know... Uh, the eight five five number. I hope that they keep going forward, and I hope that this this sales community can kind of better the Nexus community for you know the better. Okay. Well, you know, can... I'm
2: I'm not I'm not trying to nix it. I'm just trying to put it in the box that it is. You know, it's not it's not the Genius Bar. You can't book it. You can't book a uh, you know an hour session with someone to figure out something out, and then you know do it. I love the idea that you can you know. It's Basically, using Google Hangouts with a with a sales rep and talking about the different features of of the phones or whatever they want, but you know, I, it's not it's not what it it's not like Apple Genius Bar. I must admit.
3: I, I, I mm, I'm, am a little confused. Okay. It it says. Are not available for tech support, which I get it. But you mean to tell me that all it is is you're going to get to ask pre sales questions, not how to use the device or make the most of the device?
0: At this point, that's what it sounds like this is about.
3: But then it, they say we're on a limited trial of an experimental support feature and gathering feedback. that added we aren't ready to share full plans yet so that there sounds like there's a little bit more coming to this.
1: Hopefully I like they can to do know. Like an overview you know, of, of the devices. You know, um, you have an iPhone, you've been a solid iPhone user for this amount of years. Here's the difference between the, the iPhone and, the, and Android. Here's what you can do. Here's how to import your contacts. Here's how to do this. You know, stuff Simple stuff, not advanced user stuff like, like we do, or our, our users or our, our audience does. Oh, that yeah, that's you know. it.
2: You just you summed it up right there, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys,
0: one of the things that uh, I have complained to Google about is, uh, or complained about Google, is the fact that uh, they will include a feature in an Android device. And a year later, Apple will unveil that feature at a keynote, and everybody talks about it and goes crazy about it. Probably about the – and in the end, it ends up helping Google and Android. Uh, About the best example that I can give you of that happening here recently was uh, the Apple Pay versus Google Wallet. And, you know, Google Wallet sales increased just as soon as Apple Pay went live. Uh, I think the reason for that is Apple has a well-oiled marketing machine. Google does not. They pretty much rely upon the advertising that's built into search and other Google features But here lately, they've been making some commercials. They've been renting some billboards. But uh, we have recently come across this new Google commercial. I've got the sound off so that we don't get taken down. But it is a very, very cute commercial with animals playing with one another. And these aren't just dogs playing with dogs and cats playing with cats, but they're all kinds of different animals. And what a warm and fuzzy feeling this commercial conveys. What do you think, man? Hey, Chris, you all about this?
1: You know, um, psychology, the the psychology of this is great because, one of, of the strongest feelings you can get is the feeling of what you said, Duke. You know, warmness, you know, the fuzzies, you know, whatnot. Uh, the number one is fear. Obviously, they don't want to fear your product, so let's go with something that's warm and fuzzy. That makes you feel empowered. You know, this is basically saying uh, not everybody is a dog, not everybody is a monkey, not everybody is an elephant, etc., cetera, et cetera. And they're basically saying... We have a phone for, you know, the monkey. We have a phone for an elephant. We have a phone for for you. And it's just up to you to figure out what you want. Yeah. Be together. It's great. Be together, not the
0: same. That's, exactly. that's the message here. Yeah, so, uh, Jeff,
2: what do you think, man? Well, first of all, you know, these are kind of like a – I hate to say this, but these are collection of YouTube videos that were already out there, right? And sure. they just kind of put them together, and they did such a masterful job of them. It's uh, the, the video has gone viral, and uh, you know, hats off to them you know, marketing this thing that way. I like this so much better than the you know, uh, Android yourself thing. You know, uh, this has a, a more impactful kind of feel to it, and and everyone can relate to it. And when I see that parrot. <laughs> Feeding a spaghetti to a dog, I'm going like that's great, you know, because I'm a dog person. So I, you know, I, it's just it's just it was smarter them. They're getting smarter, they're getting better, and that's you know that's good for the Android operating system. That's good for you know Android devices, and uh, it's capturing people's attention. So that's what it's about.
1: I Robert. think it's good for just the general population as a whole. Basically, saying hey, we're all different, but let's get along.
3: Well, I think I go a little bit one step further. I look at it as kind of a poke a little bit. Don't be a sheep and follow what everybody else does. We can all get along, but you don't have to be the same. You know, you can be different, but be the same sort of. And that is much like what Android is. All the different manufacturers, all the different phones and devices and tablets that are out there, and they're they're productive devices. You don't have to all fit into the iPhone category and be just like everybody else, where the only thing that sets you apart is how many rhinestones you have on the back of your cover. Right, Jeff?
2: I agree. I have many rhinestones in the back of my cover, but sure. you know, and you hit the nail on the head, you know. And I, I didn't think about the metaphor. Of don't be a sheep. That was very good, you know. So uh, you know, and, I, and it's been maybe about three years they've been putting out commercials, you know, off and on. You know, they started to do it, and um, you know, I think they're they're getting better at it. Their marketing is getting better, which is a good thing.
1: I'll tell you what, you know, um, it just just out of us four you know, um, we all have very much different phones. Uh, I'm guessing. Do you and – does uh, Robert and uh, Jeff have the same phone?
2: No, I had the same phone for four years, five years now. So. Okay.
1: All right. So, see, I mean, even just within us, there's four people here, very small sample size, and that just just goes to show you. I have the Motive uh, X 2014. You know, uh, Robert has the, the Droid Max uh, 24. Long time ago, 2011, 2012, something uh, like that. I got
3: twenty fourteen Droid Max.
1: Twenty Droid that, Max. I am sorry. Jeff has the Razor Max. Razor, yeah, I knew. What are that's, you guys? That's dads? four years old, or maybe five yeah, years old. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Duke, do you still have your Nexus Five or your Nexus Six? Or, yes, or?
0: I've got the Nexus 5. Nexus five.
1: So, just just in our podcast, we have four different phones, and it's just right for all of us.
2: And how many of us have our have rooted our phone?
1: I haven't rooted my Moto X because I don't need to, amazingly.
2: Uh, Three out of the four rooted our phones, so that's another great feature of Android.
1: Have I rooted my phones? Yes. My Nexus 5 was rooted within 10 minutes that I had it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that I'll be losing root here pretty soon when they push uh, Lollipop 5.1. Hey, guys, I, I need to correct something. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, Radio Shack's going under, and there was speculation. We did mention Sprint, but uh, the way that I focused was, uh, what if Amazon did it? And that rumor was out there, Uh, but since last week's show, we have learned that Sprint will be taking over 1,750 of Radio Shack's locations. And uh, just uh, wanted to revisit that and correct it because even though Sprint was rumored last week, I focused on uh, Amazon and none of that has been spoken since this announcement. So I don't think we're going to see a... Sprint slash Amazon store. At least that's not the rumors at this time. So, uh, hey, Rob, you want to jump in here and add anything?
3: Well, I tell you, I read the the article and it's kind of interesting. You titled it "Rest in Peace, Radio Shack." Um, that, that that's how they they titled the uh, the article itself, and and they went into the details about what's happening and they're talking about you know of the four thousand stores. This is less than half that are going to get taken over, um, but they're going to um, become Sprint stores and the rest are just going to fold up and go away. And then I got down to the, the comments, and the comments were unbelievable as how long it took them to actually go under. It's no surprise, because every time you go into a Radio Shack, it's practically empty, um and and some of them there were kind of some wistful commentary there but for the most part it's like no surprise i'm surprised i lasted as long as they did and if you think about it that has been my radio shack experience the last three times i went into radio shack i walked out without buying what i went there for
0: because they didn't have it uh anybody ever own a tandy computer
2: i did Nope. I did, but you know, this reminds me of Circuit City some strange sort of way. You know, yes. where, you know they just couldn't compete in the real world. Went, you know, and then they just kind of all of a sudden folded. And then I think Tiger Direct bought that, bought the online business, and and it just kind of just you know slid. Once once the landslide started, that was it. Boom.
0: See ya. Little yeah. l- a little bit of uh, retail history for you guys. Who owned Circuit City?
1: Mm. Um, okay, Google. On, right. Montgomery Ward. Oh, Montgomery Ward. Wow. Mm-hmm. The last experience that I had with Radio Shack is pretty ridiculous. Um, I was calling around to get prices for routers just to see you know what was going on, um, and they had one that I wanted in store I just wanted to make sure they had one in that store because you know their their online store is not very good um, and I called in and I was like hey what kind of routers do you have there and the first thing they said was Linksys, and I was like okay goodbye if you cannot pronounce Linksys right I will not be buying from your store um, however most of the uh, people that I see that are commenting uh, only use Radio Shack for like small things you know like uh, hobbyist-type things or, you know, an odd screw here or there or a a strange wire here or there, which if if they went that route, that would be cool. But they're selling all this other stuff that nobody wants.
2: Good, Robert.
3: I I was just going to say, even the commentary said, you know, selling an IC or selling a resistor here and there, doesn't matter how much markup you put on it, you cannot survive selling just that stuff. And that's why they've added all the things that they added because they could not exist. The cost of doing business, you know, selling a 25 cent capacitor, you, you just, you cannot exist that
2: way. Yeah, agreed. All right, Hi, Mr. Duke.
0: All right, guys. Hey, let's move into our. Uh discussion topic for this evening, and uh, quite a large announcement on FCC's net neutrality proposal, and uh, Tom Wheeler, uh, first of all, let me say that when he was going to be named as this uh, uh, commissioner for, uh, for trying to get this job done, he was criticized by both sides, as basically being a cable company hack. He was called names on several of the 24-hour news programs, no matter what your flavor of conservative or liberal. This guy wasn't popular. And basically, he has come out here with a pretty, pretty uh, tough article. Uh, I'm sorry, article's the wrong word, but he's got some pretty strong proposals Robert, before I butch this any farther, jump in here and help me out, man.
3: Man, I got to tell you, I couldn't wait to have this discussion tonight because there's two sides to this coin. I'm just waiting for Jeff to open his mouth and tell me which he is, heads or tails. Um, But since you gave me the opportunity to speak first, I will say I am for this. While I am normally against more government intervention. In this case, I think that the big players, the Comcast, the Verizons, the at and of the world, have had their way for far too long, and they're pushing around the consumer so badly that if our government doesn't step in to regulate this is going to turn into a very, very big mess. Now, there are parts of Wheeler's proposal that, um, when it goes before the FCC board to be voted on, I'm sure there's going to be some changes to it. But the biggest part of this is that his proposal is to push the oversight of communication companies into Title II, which. Um, pretty much makes them like a utility uh, rather than an independent company and gives the FCC a great deal more control over what they can and cannot do Um, like uh, requiring uh, other companies to pay them for preferred traffic and handling of service. I I have a huge, huge issue with the fact that Verizon gets away with, and I say this as a Verizon customer, that Verizon gets away with charging Netflix to give preferred service and bandwidth to Netflix. Netflix caved and they paid the money, and that is wrong. And here's why it's wrong. I pay Verizon for the bandwidth that I consume. It doesn't matter whether I'm watching Netflix or Amazon Prime, or I'm sending Jeff an email telling him, you know, to go walk his dogs. I paid for that bandwidth. Verizon is double dipping by charging me for consuming a Netflix movie and then charging Netflix for delivering that movie. Who does that hurt? It hurts the consumer in the end, because what does Netflix do? Well, i got to pay Verizon more money, so I'm going to raise my rates. What does Verizon do? Hey, Mr. Consumer, you're consuming so much of that bandwidth, we're going to charge you more for it. We're going to put unreasonable demands of contracts and data caps and limitations in place. It's time for the FCC to step in and say these companies cannot Treat consumers the way they have for the last five years. It's gotten out of hand, and it's time for it to be brought back under control. I hear
1: you. I think if if you pay the outrageous cost of what they're charging you, I mean, you know, it's not outrageous. My girlfriend pays $45 a month for her her internet. Of course, she has, you know, the lowest tier internet available, Um, and she has a data cap of 250 gigabytes. Why is that allowed? Why?
3: Well, Uh, all of the providers have data caps in some form or fashion. Whether they choose to enforce them or not is on the individual provider. For instance, Cox Cable here has a data cap of 250 megs for most, but they just raised it to – I'm sorry, 250 gigs, but they just raised it to 400 gigs – but even then I average one terabyte of internet consumption per month myself now of course I have a business and I am very heavily internet involved so you know I'm more than the average user but at some point when is it okay for a company to charge the consumer for the data consumption and also charge the company that's providing that, that data. That, that, that just doesn't make sense to me. They're double-dipping.
1: I think uh, T-Mobile kind of went the opposite way uh, with their Google Play uh, aspect there. T-Mobile, once upon a time, uh, well, here recently, actually, announced that if you do uh, streaming through, like like, Google Play Music and, like, various other music services, that they won't charge you data. Right. I think that that's where the internet companies should go, not the way that we're going.
2: Yeah, but there's a difference between that—a company like T-Mobile, who's trying to break in, making a getting a larger share of the marketplace, to somebody who has the largest share of the marketplace, wanting to hold on to it, charge a premium, stop other people from coming into their market, merge with the East Coast, and create one giant cable company. And then, you know, dictate the terms as they see fit. So I, I'm i with Robert, you know. I I'm, You know, I hate to say this, that I'm, I'm not big government in, in a stretch of imagination, but someone needed to step in and, you know, treat these guys like they are. And they are a utility company. I They are a utility and I think it's, it's it's wonderful that this is happening, and you know, and the other thing is they opened it up. What the comments section had like four million comments on it. People reacted to it. So you know, if the public wants this to such a degree, um, you know, I hate to say this, but these are politicians. Yes, they get paid by lobbyists and things like that. But eventually, you know, um, the populace will win out. And, well, it's uh, interesting
0: It's interesting that you mention that, Jeff, because we've already got at least one Republican who is calling this Orwellian. And uh, this thing, it's a 332-page document. And basically, uh, what he's claiming is is that this is going to give our government way too much control over the Internet. Now, while I am for... Uh net neutrality. Okay, I'm not sure that I won't given my government any more control than I haven't already given it through uh the NSA.
2: Well, you know, sometimes government control is good. You know, I don't want my you don't want you don't want to see how the sausage is made sometimes, right? And you want someone to go through there and make sure that some things are Done well, you know. You want clean water. You want food that's not contaminated. You want government in in some aspects of your life, and I think the same thing. You're it, it'll it will even itself out. If it goes too far, it will it will adjust. But I think what's happening is that everyone's scared, as Robert is saying, that things are moving in such a direction away from net neutrality
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW reward Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.